Welcome to the Experience Taiwan podcast. This is Jamie. Hi, everyone. This is Jason. So, uh, Jason, what's on your mind? Continue what we had mentioned last time. We're going to continue on and uh, talk about the tea culture, especially in Alisan. That's right. So one thing we kind of, when we left off in that previous episode on uh, Alishan, is that another thing other than the beautiful natural scenery, that uh, Alishan is actually known for its, its and famous for its tea. Uh, in particular, three types of tea. It has the high mountain oolong tea, mm-hmm. it has the jinxuan tea, and then the cuiyu tea. Mm-hmm. All of these are famous. But there's a particular reason why the tea from Alishan is so well-known and famous. What, why don't you tell our listening audience about that? Well, first of all, uh, as we mentioned before, how high up Alishan is. So imagine the teas are grown in uh, about 1,500 meters above sea level with the weather being cool and the sun uh, exposure time is actually relatively short. So it's, uh, it's re- a really good place to produce good tea. And uh, Alishan tea... Many have mentioned, uh, and I also have uh, uh, smelt before, it, it has a special fragrance that some people compare it to flowers. And some says it smells like milk, and that's something that I think uh, you're just not going to find elsewhere. And it makes it even more special. I can definitely see that, because I think for, for a lot of people, especially uh, foreigners, maybe who are not normally tea drinkers, maybe one thing that will turn them off from a lot of teas is kind of that bitter planty taste. Yeah. Uh, but as you mentioned, the, the tea from Alishan is definitely, it's definitely sweeter. It's definitely different. So I would say if you're tea curious or you just want to try it out, I think Alishan tea is definitely a good place to start. Well, I mean, uh, especially and uh, since it's so popular, they even offer uh, a tour for people in Alishan just to experience the tea culture. It's called the Four Seasons uh, Tea Tour in Alishan. And a lot of people have been to it, foreigners, even people living in Taiwan. And it's something that one must come to experience if you want to be immersed into uh, more of the the tea culture. Yeah, and this is something uh, we'll be touching on a little bit later in this episode about the overall tea culture here in Taiwan. But there are also many places in Taiwan where you can do a tea tasting. So, for example, other places might be beer tasting or wine Mm -hmm. tasting. But here you can actually go to places where you can really experience uh, Taiwanese tea with a an expert who can really help you appreciate it to its fullest. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm sure actually, at least for me, if I'm coming here to experience beer, I probably couldn't go to Europe. <laughs> but in Taiwan, I think the tea culture, just because the history itself, it's been so long, and uh, you cannot appreciate properly the detailness. You know, as mentioned before, the, the tea tour, uh, you actually, they use different color tea sets and uh, uh, to brew different kinds of tea. Like, for example, uh, a green tea set is used to brew uh, oolong tea from the uh, Lia tea region. So just imagine how much effort they put into, and it's something that uh, I'm sure is definitely not going to be uh, duplicated elsewhere. Now, yeah. to take today's discussion in a more uh, human direction, yeah, mm-hmm. um, I have a quick question for you, Jason. Sure. If, if you think about most foreigners or most people who visit Taiwan for the first time, mm-hmm. what do you think is one thing most people don't know about Taiwan? Well, I would say, another thing I would say is the indigenous tribes. Uh, those, they don't get a lot of exposure overseas in other countries, but like everywhere, the indigenous tribes, especially the Sioux, they are, uh, they originally in Alisan. Yeah, so Jason brings up a really good thing, and that's part of the reason why I asked that cheeky question, which is, 
actually most people don't realize that mm-hmm. even before uh, I guess you could say the Han or the people from you know immigrants from China came to Taiwan, yeah. there were already an, uh, indigenous people here. Now, according to the government, there are 16 recognized tribes. Mm-hmm. Here in Taiwan, but the one tribe uh, that's located in the Alishan region is the Zhouzhou or the mm-hmm. the Zhou tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, each of these tribes has their own unique culture, language, mm-hmm. customs. Now, in context of the Zhouzhou of the Zhou tribe, uh, one thing that's interesting about their traditional residences or mm-hmm. their buildings is they're made out of thatch. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly interesting about their culture is this con- is this custom they call Kuba. Yeah. K-U-B-A. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a tradition where, in particular, for men, mm-hmm. men in the tribe, where, where they get, it's a place where they get together, and this is where they'll do different types of activities, um, different types of ceremonies. This, the Kuba is an important location for the men in this tribe. Yes, and uh, as what you were saying, uh, they do a lot of ceremonies, and one in particular that I found was interesting is the, they call it a war festival. It's in February every year. People will gather around and pray to the god of war to protect the warriors. But this is one uh, ceremony that is uh, not open to tourists just because it's their tradition. Uh, They have a certain way of praying, and it's something that it's probably not as fun for tourists as the other ceremony, which is called the Life Being Festival. Uh, that's something that I think probably everywhere in the world people would need now just because uh, it promotes marriage. Because uh, I think, uh, as Jamie, you probably know, a lot of the tribes are kind of dying out because the people are becoming less. And this one ceremony, I think everybody use because it promotes people to get uh, uh, wed and uh, tourists are actually allowed to participate as well. Yeah, this um, this is an unfortunate. I think like many places around the world that have indigenous populations, this mm-hmm. is an unfortunate um, trend that's also taking place here. Which, um, mm-hmm. but fortunately, uh, and we'll be talking about this a little later when we talk about the Taroko tribe. Ah, yes, is that yeah. there are still there are, total there are over five hundred thousand uh, total indigenous peoples in mm-hmm. Taiwan. So, yeah. but yes, in ter- especially in terms of languages, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of their traditional languages are, if not endangered, are are going extinct. So there are a lot of local efforts to reinvigorate rejuvenate not just culture but in particular language oh yeah and i think uh, what's unique about each tribe is that uh they have found their own ways to adapt and survive in their own elements and can you just you can just imagine how high up ali sign is and for people to survive there you got to be pretty tough absolutely and um, actually, I remember seeing a statistic somewhere. Well, probably, I'm sure those out in the audience can fact check me here. But I remember mm-hmm. he- hearing a statistic that even most, like 80% of Taiwanese mm-hmm. have some indigenous uh, blood. And as, as in, I think it's not just, uh, you know, 500,000 peoples. Mm-hmm. It's actually really a, an integral part of the entire Taiwan culture and population. Well, I wouldn't doubt it just because uh, Taiwan is an area that's uh, actually quite easier to travel. And for people to meet up, and uh, uh, I, I wouldn't doubt it. And I think that's one of the beauties of Taiwan, because the people are so fused together. And although you live in different parts of the country, you still share a, com- a lot of things that are common. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we'll be touching on this a little bit, a, a little bit later when we talk about the Taroko tribe oh, in yeah. another episode. But so let's just, uh, to put a bow on this, we were talking mm-hmm. a little bit about tea culture in Taiwan. Oh, yeah. And I think... 
you know, we were talking about more the traditional teas, for example, in Ali Shan. Mm-hmm. But I actually think the one way that especially a lot of uh, travelers, tourists, and mm-hmm. foreigners, expats in Taiwan, I think the most common way that a lot of them encounter the tea culture here in the first time are what are called the handshake and tea shops. Yeah, yeah. So what this means is that typically these are ice cold teas. Mm-hmm. Um, they're poured into these plastic uh, containers that are sealed. And then usually what they'll do is they'll shake them really hard. Yes. Um, so they're in Chinese, they're called shouyao. Mm-hmm. And they're just like the 7-Eleven and Family Marts. They're probably these tea shops around every corner. You can find them everywhere. Well, yeah, th- and it's definitely important, at least for me, in l- living in Taiwan, it's because especially during the summertime, when it's hot, oh my gosh, I mean, you, you buy one of those cold drinks, it just makes you instantly be glad that uh, you're alive because yeah. it feels so good. If we're if we if we do more episodes in the future, we can. I think that the Taiwan summer alone would be a, a good topic, <laughs> a good episode, a, a good episode. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, sometimes when it's really hot, you know, it's ninety, hundred degrees Fahrenheit, you mm-hmm. know, in the in the summer here, mm-hmm. you know, a coffee's not going to cut it. You know, you yeah. need something really refreshing, and yeah, so those handshake and teas can really hit the you know really hit the spot. Yeah, and then for people that uh, have been exposed to that, just to give you kind of like a idea. It's about average wise, about fifteen fifty New Taiwanese dollars here uh, for a cup in uh, Taiwan, and that's a, only about like a dollar or so in the U.S. Can yeah. you imagine what you can buy for a dollar or so drink wise in the U.S.? Yes, Pop. and they mm-hmm. and you can get all sorts. Of, I mean, if, for example, if you want to try more of these teas by themselves, but you just want it cold, you can do that. Or if you want to mix with, uh, for example, different fruits. Or the uh, tapioca balls, you know, the jenju, as they oh, say yeah. here. Um, uh. I would say probably the most classic drink that you'd want to try here is the jenju naicha, which is the, the milk tea with the tapioca balls. Um, I believe I believe that was invented here in Taiwan, although I think different places will always, will always argue about the origin of these places. But, you know, one thing I think of Taiwan for sure is definitely the jenju naicha. Yeah, the jenju or the, the bubble. I think some people call it the pearls. Or bubble tea. Yeah. Bubble, the boba, boba. I, I definitely think they're originally in Taiwan, but uh, as, as you mentioned, probably people seen it everywhere else bef- uh, as well. But I think uh, it's something that you, you just would definitely love to taste. Yeah, so I would definitely mm-hmm. recommend, other than just you know trying out one of those uh, tea plate, those tea shops for sure. Definitely, you'll want to try out a jenju nai cha, a bubble tea, at some point. Oh yeah, during your so, visit. So as you mentioned for Ali San, for people that still still wondering if you should come to Ali San, first we uh, mentioned before the the sightseeing, now the indigenous tribe, the tea, and also the cloud. So uh, I don't know what people's waiting for. They should just come right now. Yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah. Well, I think that's it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it, and we look forward to seeing you in our next one. Take care, everyone. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs> Copyright by Ministry of Education.